Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Again, want to say welcome everybody to Cornerstone this morning as we enter Thanksgiving week. Uh, some of you may or may not know me. Uh, I've been on the oversight team and interim, I guess, pastor slash nice guy uh, here at Cornerstone for the last year uh, since the passing of Pastor Willie Taylor. I've been in a long-term relationship and plan on a long-term relationship in the future. Some of you haven't seen me recently. I, uh, after 37 years of being the pastor at uh, Grace Church in Southern Pines, North Carolina, my elders requested that uh, <clears throat> I'm not prone to take vacations or sabbaticals, and they said, why don't you take a sabbatical? Uh, my mother and father are 89, or 87 and 89, and uh, my mom had been in the hospital for eight or nine times this year. Her health was declining, and my family had requested that I take a little bit of time. Can we turn those lights there just down a little bit? <clears throat> you guys are starting to glow. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, so went out and uh, spent time with family, and people said, how was your time in Colorado? For four months, and I said, well, what part of Colorado is not hard? Hiking, camping, sightseeing, fishing, hunting. So <coughs> had a good time. I went up and spent probably a month or two months just at a, a youth with a mission camp in a place called Cimarron, Colorado, spending time seeking God, just praying for the future, praying for direction. And one of the things I thought God would surely speak to me is a lot about the future, but really God was not as much interested in the future as he was in speaking to me because uh, I'm in a major transition in my life of turning the church over to my son-in-law and uh, just feel like God's telling me to begin to spend my time devoting helping churches prepare for the next major move of the Holy Spirit and uh, for what's getting ready to happen in the world. So kind of devoting that. <coughs> I picked up a cold, which is a normal thing, and I am going to turn on my timer because you guys have known me long enough that I never go over on sermons. Uh, actually, actually, a big lie because I don't know if I've ever been on time to get it done in the amount of time. Uh, so we're in Thanksgiving week, and uh, just feel like the Lord really giving me a word. It's uh, you know you don't talk with the worship team that they had all prepared what I feel like God's given me the message for. <coughs> uh, today I'm going to talk about the power of praise. <clears throat> and we know, <clears throat> we know prayer is powerful. <clears throat> I have water. I have cough drops. I'm ready for an aim. So you guys will just tolerate me a little bit. But... Uh, Years ago, there was a book written by Merlin Carruthers called Prison to Praise and Then the Power of Praise. And it talks about that sometimes we, we, we see prayer, uh, and, and prayer is powerful, but there's something dynamic. Uh, sometimes when we're praying, there's a place where our hearts uh, can't let things go. And, and praise is a place where you're worshiping God, and there's something that transcends uh, just communication, where it's you're connecting in your spirit with God, even when things aren't turning out right, or they're amazingly doing well, and there's an attitude of gratitude that goes forth. And so praise isn't, <clears throat> isn't just singing songs. 
praises a communion with God. So we're going to just kind of open up. What is the topic of why worshiping God through praise and worship uh, is so powerful to break down just strongholds, how to connect with God emotionally, spiritually, that goes beyond words. And I hope to give you stories, uh, just like our sister just shared. You know, at 92 years of age, there's a place when God says, are you going to let me do it or are you going to do it on your own? You know, that's when you go, Lord, why didn't I get this before? And how many of you know that Moses walked around the mountain for 40 years? I wonder if he had some things that he needed to let go so God could move. And I think sometimes in our own personal walk with the Lord, God's wanting us to let go of some things, even though we don't understand it. I'm away here. I heard this song, and some of you young people may know it. I'm not a musician. I don't sing a lot of songs. But it was a song by a a lady. She has a little bit of a, I don't know, raspy voice, and it was like, what happens when, when, (coughs) when the mountains don't move and the rivers don't dry up? But I will thank God anyway. I'll praise God anyway. Anybody know this? Know who I'm talking about? Okay, well, good enough. But it's, there's sometimes in life when just you get sucker punched, you get gut punched, you just things don't turn out the way you thought they would be, and things that you felt like God had told you were going to happen and they don't happen. And there's times when you just have to say, "Lord, I'm going to trust you anyway." And there's a place where worship breaks through. When, when you have to have God there. Um, I remember one time as a pastor, we're really close to Fort Bragg, a military base. <coughs> and we had a soldier that uh, had been killed. And uh, the military contacted me to be with them when they had to notify his spouse of his passing. And so you've all seen it on TV or some movie when... Here, me, the pastor, I'm in a suit, and two Army officers, high-ranking officials, walk up to your front door and uh, ring the doorbell, and you open the door. And uh, I remember this lady's name is Kathy. She saw us, and she just literally just dropped to the floor, and she started worshiping God. And she said, you know what? I don't know why this has happened, but God has been faithful with me in the past, and I have nothing but hope and pray that he will be faithful in the future. And she just started thanking God for the most difficult situation she'd ever faced in her life. And that's when praise breaks through the pain. Praise breaks through just when things don't happen like you thought they should. And uh, I look back now, 20, 30 years later, and she's, her kids are grown and serving the Lord. And, you know, I walked into the, his study and his Bible was open from his devotions that morning. A great man, godly father, great leader. So things are going to happen in life that we don't always understand. There's a little statement. What do you do when you're going through hell? Have any of you ever gone through hell? If you haven't, you will. 
Well, when you're going through hell, let me give you a little advice. Don't stop. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to trust in him. And I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. And I'm going to keep on going. So when you're going through hell, don't stop. Because when you start sitting there feeling sorry of yourself and whining. Now, there's, we're going to talk a little bit about is it all right to whine with God. All right. So before we get too far, let me read a couple scriptures. First Thessalonians 5.16 says this. It says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, how many of you have gone through some things where, like, like I had to go talk with Kathy about her husband, and you just it just cold cocks you. It just knocks you off your feet. You hear some news. You get a diagnosis. Maybe a business that you thought you had planned or a home you had tried to purchase fell through or something happens to a member of your family or to one of your children or to your spouse. How many of you have ever had those situations? Life has a way of... Christians aren't immune through going through difficulties. But what God says is, I will be there with you. I will go before you. And I will hold you up in the midst of it. So it says, rejoice always. Now, that's pretty hard to do. But the key to you going through hell or difficulty or disappointment is learning to put your trust in God even when your situations don't turn out. So we're going to talk about releasing the power of God through praise and worship. Now, God wants us to have an attitude of gratitude and that become a part of our lifestyle. Because if you're always, if you, you're, you can't forget, if you can't forgive the hurts of the past, then you'll always be dwelling on them. And, and what happens is when we're sitting there thinking of all the bad things or how things have, are hurting us, then what happens is it begins to affect our body. It affects our health. It affects our bones. It lowers our immune system. So God wants us to learn to cultivate a habit, had an attitude or a habit of taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ and to develop a lifestyle of joy and walking with God's peace and presence even in the midst of difficulties. And one of the greatest testimonies that you'll ever have is when other believers or unbelievers see you walking through difficulties, truly praising God. There's one thing to to say it on the outside, but it's another thing to say it on the inside. And praise is one of those things that helps you to overcome the most difficult situations that you'll ever face in life. So, both Scripture and scientific studies have shown that having a mindset of gratitude yields great blessings to your life. Gratitude improves your brain and physical health. All right, how many of us could use a little bit of improvement there? Gratitude creates happiness. Gratitude helps you to sleep better. Gratitude is the the, the added antidote to toxic costs, to toxic emotions. 
Gratitude opens the door to people and opportunity. Gratitude is evidence of your maturity in Christ. Gratitude pleases God and brings his blessing. Now, if you've ever raised children, have you ever had a child that they did the right thing, but they did it with a sorry attitude? How many of us sometimes are just grown-up little kids, and we even may do the right thing, but we do it with a sorry attitude? Rather than being grateful and a heart of response and a heart of humility, I wonder if God really says, are you, do you think just because you're 92 years of age, you get away with stuff? You're my child. Amen? And so God is really interested sometimes more in our character than he is in changing our circumstances. God is interested in us looking like him. And one of the best ways that we see that is God oftentimes brightest when we're going through difficulties. We don't see it, but when we stand before God in heaven someday, there's going to be two judgments. One is, you know, why should I let you into heaven? And the reason is because I trusted in Christ alone for my salvation. The second is a judgment called the beam of judgment of Christ. And God says, what did you do with the life that I gave you? I gave you time, talents, opportunities, and people were watching you, and you were my witness. And God, you know, Jesus, why? when did I help the poor? When did I, I feed the needy? When did I visit those who were in prison? And Jesus said, whenever you did it to the least of my brethren, you did it to me. When we get to heaven, there is that beam of judgment of Christ. And all of us want to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let me tell you one of the keys is learning to have an attitude of gratitude, keeping our hearts and our minds on Christ. And it helps us to overcome all the difficulties. Learning to praise God in the midst of difficulties is key to growing in maturity in Christ. It's key to seeing answers to prayer. It's key to seeing victory in your life. <clears throat> Romans 12:2 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God wants to change the way we think, not just for us to know the scriptures, but the scriptures know us, and they're transforming us. When I was on my sabbatical, God took me through a process that I I really didn't think I needed. Uh, How many of you know God sometimes knows things we need? And when you've gone through life and, you know, you've believed God and there's some things you're still praying for and haven't happened, one of the things that God took me through is it's all right to learn how to grieve, how to let go. And for me, you know, after being the pastor of a a fairly successful church and seeing amazing things that God has done through the years, you think what the future might have is, is not turning out like you thought it might be. Or that there's things that should have happened that didn't happen. And so one of the things God started teaching me was that if you're going to walk successfully in the future, you have to be able to forgive and forget the past, the good and the bad, going from glory to glory. And so he took me through this process of Randy. I wanted to know what God's, I'm ready to, I'm the guy who's ready to go charge up the mountain 
and see what God's doing next. And God says, I can't take you there. Now, he didn't speak that to me, but he took me through the process of, Randy, you have to let go for you to go forward. You have to grieve. And I'm going, I don't need to grieve, God. And man did. God said, oh, yes, you do. How many of you know that of the Psalms, in, in, let me just tell you, um, have you, how many of you have ever heard of the book called Lamentations? There's a whole book in the Bible. What is Lamentations? Is Jeremiah the prophet had prophesied the children of Israel were going to go into Babylonian captivity because of their sins. And not only he, but his family and his friends suffered de- devastation, sometimes loss of life, and imprisonment for the next 70 years. And he's happened to walk through that. And God told him, you go tell the people. It's like he became an unpopular guy, thrown down a well. And so the book of Lamentations is Jeremiah saying, God, you told me to do this and all this bad stuff has happened, but I trust you anyway. David said is a man after God's own heart. David was betrayed many different times, some of them by his own family. Of the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms, of Psalms, then of the 150, 65 of them are lamentory or imprecatory. It's like, God, these bad things are happening. These people are trying to kill me. I'm being falsely accused. My health is declining. But then at the end of each one of those 65 Psalms, There's a a place where, Lord, you know my enemies. You're the one who judges them. Vengeance is the Lord, not mine. And he had to take and he had to, he told God, God, I don't like what's happened. And you know, I always felt it was disrespectful to me to complain to God. And and to let God know how you're feeling. Now I would, but I'm just telling you, God took it to a whole nother deeper level. Have you ever done like an onion? You know, you think you've done that. God's already worked that in my life. Lord, thank you. We're done. And God says, no, we got another layer, son, and another layer. Have you guys ever been working talking here? So, during that process, there's things where God just, it, they weren't, sometimes grieving is the loss of some good things. Sometimes it's the loss of some bad things. It's the loss of promises you thought were supposed to have happened. But going through that process was an important thing because it it brought me to a deeper level of, I think God was more interested in Randy going to a deeper level in his relationship with the Lord than in what great things God was going to do through me. Does that make sense? And I feel like God's taken the whole body of Christ through a season of preparing them for the next major move of what the Holy Spirit... I, you know, I, I can get ahead of you. I believe that in the next seven to ten years are going to be some of the most turbulent times. And God is preparing his body, church-wide, around the world, for one of the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe sometimes, maybe not in my lifetime, but in some of you younger people's lifetime, but it may be in my lifetime, we'll see the return of the Lord, just based on prophecies or the words what scriptures have been fulfilled. So I think that God is more interested in his bride looking like Jesus than he is in us 
being successful. I'm going to say that. But does God want you to be successful? Yes, but he wants you to be successful so that you know it's him, not you. Amen? <clears throat> Let me give you some scriptural. Why is worship so important? Acts chapter 16, 22 through 26 says the crowds joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they threw them into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. By the way, if Paul and Silas escaped, whoever were the guards on duty would be put to death because it was under that type of command. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell, and not only did he put them in the inner cell, he fastened their feet in stocks. So they were in the prison at the deepest place, and then they, they bound their heat, head, hands and feet just to make sure that they didn't get out. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. In other words, they didn't care what other people thought. They were there in the worst. They knew that other people were being put to prison and put to death, were being fed to lions, <clears throat> and their situation did not look very good. What can you do when all else fails? They worshiped and praised God. And this is that place, that emotion that you guys sense or feel. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came off. And the prison guards came and fell at Paul and Silas's feet and said, what must, we, what, must, what must we do to be saved? And they were also realizing Paul and Silas weren't the only ones the chains came off, but all the prisoners came off, praised, broke the chains, and the prison doors that held people captive. One of the keys for you experiencing God's power and presence is learning how to exchange your hurt, your pain, your unbelief, and trusting God and worshiping Him no matter how difficult your circumstances are. Amen? Praise elevates you into God's presence and His power. This is when Romans 8.28 comes into play. And we know that in all things God's, God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. Guys, how many of you have been in those situations when, God, I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? Lament. God, I don't like it, but every time David lamented, at the end of each one of those psalms, David would come back and say, God, my enemies are falsely accusing me. They're trying to kill me. I don't know why, God, this is happening. But then at the end of the psalms, he would come back and say, God, but I trust you. Your goodness is ever, your mercies are new every morning. Lord, I've blown it. Your mercies are new. Every one of the imprecatory and lamentary psalms, David came back and says, God, even though I don't understand, I still trust you. You're good. You're faithful. And he pronounced the goodness of God in the midst of his difficult situation. And David sometimes blew it quite badly in his journey with God. Would we not all agree? 
I remember doing a sermon on David the dysfunctional dad one time. But God called this man who went through hell and learned how to praise through the power of God. A man after God's own heart. And in Acts 20, 21, it says, David fulfilled God's purpose in his life and then died. How many of you would like to serve God's purpose in your life and then die? I said, uh, we don't retire, we what? And you're going from glory to glory. That means just because you may have a change in life doesn't mean that you get to take a break with God. God says new situation, new level, and also new devil. There's only going up with God. There's no going down. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So with the time left, let let me just read some scriptures. This is uh, King Jehoshaphat. He hears of a, an impending army in Second Chronicles 20, 6 through 12. He hears of an impending army coming to attack him. And he realizes he is utterly helpless to defend himself or the people. So Second Chronicles 26 and verse 12. O Lord, the God of our fathers, power and might are in your hand. We are powerless before the great multitude, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What Jehoshaphat did is he humbled himself. He says, God, I don't know why this army is going to try and kill us. They're outnumber us a hundred to, I don't know the odds, a hundred to one. We have no hope, but God, our hope is in you. Can you experience the worship of God at that moment that going... I am utterly helpless unless, God, you deliver me. Or when, like, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were being thrown into potentially the lion's den or into the fire, they said, O king, you may kill us, but we're believing God's going to deliver us. But if not, we're going to worship the Lord. Do you see the repeated, repeated place where there's that time of Lord? I'm going to worship you. So what do you do in the midst of when things don't happen? You start worshiping God. I believe, again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God gives the gift of speaking in tongues. Man, when the gift of speaking in tongues is the most important, is when you're at that place and you are utterly helpless. And the only thing you can do is that the Spirit prays within us, utters utterings and groanings that are teeth too deep for you to experience or understand emotionally. But the Spirit prays for us as we pray through His Spirit. Amen? That is the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through you. Habakkuk 3.17. Again, everything's falling apart. Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. That means your food and your provision. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold. Wow, everything's, how, how bad can it get? And there be no, no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will, I will joy, rejoice in the Lord, in the Lord my God, my salvation. Do you guys see the exchange going on here? So what is praise? <clears throat> I'm going to read it. Praise is worship. Praise and worship are always to rejoice, pray, and thank God for what he's doing, has done, and will do. Worship songs speak truth in their lyrics. When you join in song, the words speak to your soul. 
Many ask, what is God's will? The word clearly states it is to rejoice, worship, and rejoicing are often overlooked parts of doing the will of God. <clears throat> worship is and praise is that exchange where it's, it's trusting God. Some more scriptures, and then I'm going to close with a story. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> now, I want you to think of some circumstances where praise changed your life or where praise changed your circumstances. Going through Bible college, <clears throat> I'm going to just call this the story of Chris. In fact, I met with one of my former supervisors from UPS when I was going through Bible college just last week. He lives in my town, and we hadn't talked to each other in know, 20, 30 years. <clears throat> it was great, and we all we recounted the story of boss Chris because it was Chris was his boss too. So my story with Chris was I just was in Bible college just. I graduated. Uh, we were starting Grace Church back in the day. We had 50, 75 people. I was working two jobs for 13 years and uh, getting a little bit exhausted. And I was, God, when are you going to change my circumstances? I thought surely when I finished Bible college, I would be able to quit UPS and start the church and be able to. So years into this transition, you know, and then, then God speaks to me, Randy. One day, Grace Church will have 4,000 men. And I'm going, God, I'm 10 years into this, and I've got 35 men. Uh, that's kind of hard to believe. Now, guys, today it's not hard to believe that Grace Church will have 4,000 men. Last week we had 2,600 people plus 600 people online. Now, what changed? Because God was more interested in changing Randy than he was in changing my what I appeared thought was success. So back to Chris. Chris was a boss that had uh, was demoted from a high-level UPS official position to a center manager. And then as a center manager, many times he'd come in and he was drunk and making some really bad decisions, so they demoted him again to a belt supervisor. Now, when he was a center manager, there was I'd been at this job for 10 years, 13 years, whatever it was, and uh, <clears throat> and I remembered him coming in and saying, you need to do this. And I'm going, now, Chris, I know you're the, the center manager, but I've been doing this job for 10 years. And if you do that, this driver is going to be way out of line. You're going to mess up multiple people's routes. We'll do it anyway. And so that was a common problem. And then eventually he got from demoted to center manager down to belt supervisor. So now he's a full-time guy. I'm a part-time supervisor. <clears throat> and so now he'd come in, and many times he'd be somewhat inebriated, and he'd made very, several bad decisions, and <clears throat> he'd asked me to do some things, and, and it just got terrible. And I remember one time a, a Christian guy was, a, was the, a, another supervisor, another belt supervisor full-time, and Chris was dogging me in front of all these people so bad that this guy jumped in between me and Chris and really... 
He was a Christian supervisor. My another one of these guys, and he took a swing at Chris and got fired because this guy was trying to defend me from some false accusations and some just. And I'm going, Lord, when are you going to do something about this guy? So I finally I said, Man, I'm going to transfer to the other belt. So I transferred to the other belt, <clears throat> and this is over a several year period. And then. When I got transferred to the other belt, guess what? Lo and behold, God did. Or Satan, which one? I don't know. He got transferred. And here we are again. Then I transferred back to the other belt. <coughs> guess what happened? He got transferred to the other belt. I said, man, this can't get any worse. Then what happened is he got demoted again. <coughs> and so he got demoted to the supervisor over my area, the preload. And there were so many times that, like, he had asked me to do things. One time, he, our numbers weren't looking good, so he says, well, Randy, just change the numbers on the time card so we don't have so many hours. And I said, so, Chris, let me ask you, are you telling me to lie and cheat and rob these people of their money that they earned? Oh, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. There's so many times that this happened. Was I, was I praying about this, boss? I was a pastor. I'm just out of Bible college, and I'm walking with Jesus. And, Lord, why are you allowing this guy to falsely accuse me, ask me to cheat, ask me to lie, you know, <clears throat> to do things that I know are immoral, and I can't do them? I, I refuse to do them. I still had to, there were many times I'd have to go, Chris, I, I, I need to apologize. I got upset, and I need to ask you to forgive us. Over time, I noticed that Chris was I'd have to go someplace with him. I'd get on the car, and he would have a Christian radio station on. I said, oh, you're listening to Christian music. No, no, I just ended up there on that channel. Make a long story short. I remember one day, this guy had done something. And again, my heart wasn't always pure in all this. Does that make sense? As much as possible. As much as possible, it is unto you, brother. Be at peace with all men. Well, this was one of those men I thought was sent from Satan to destroy me because I was starting a church. Does that make sense? And then I was leaving work one day. This is several years of this boss from hell. This thorn in the flesh. This person who was digging out of me the, the, the depths of my depravity. Does that make sense? And how many times had I gone to Jesus? And I just said, Lord, I, I, I knew, and I'd prayed, I'd asked God, I'd fasted. I, I mean, it's like, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? And then I remember, <clears throat> I remember, I said, I, I got in my car after some major, oh, I remember one, again, one time, like our records were really good. And so he pulled me into his office chewed me out, and, you know, usually it's in front of people. Is you're the most, un, you know, just sorriest guy. Well, <clears throat> several months earlier, by, earlier uh, all, the, all the full-time supervisors and, and another part-timer all had to go. So I had to run the whole show by myself for a whole month. And I, <clears throat> I remember he pulled me in the office and was chewing me out. And uh, he'd one time... Uh, he says, you need to write a reason why you should get a raise. So, man, I wrote this thing, 
and I can't, I'd forgotten a major portion, so I drove all the way 45 miles back to work because I left something off. And he had taken my letter and said, oh, it, somebody took it. It's already gone. Said, well, it never happened. He, he threw it in the trash. I mean, it's like, Lord, Jesus. So I remember I had one of those. Oh, and the, the day when he called me in and chewed me out, I looked up right as he finished chewing me out. I mean, like within two seconds after he chewed me out. And I looked up on the wall and it says the plaque that says the most overall successful preload for the district on the whole entire East Coast. And it was for the month that I had run the preload by myself. And so it says, oh, when did that happen? He says, oh, by the way, thanks for doing a good job. So, but one time we'd had one of those days and I went out into my car and uh, I was leaving work. And I said, Lord, you could have removed this guy a long time ago. But God, I know that you're more interested in me looking like Jesus than removing this guy out of my life. And so I started worshiping God as I drove home. I start. Thank you. I started driving home and I was worshiping God. Now, Clinton and Alice Casey are from Southern Plains. And I remember passing under a bridge right by where our church is located now. Uh, and it was the Morgan Bridge. And I was worshiping God. And I said, Lord, I thank you that you love me enough to give me the gift of Chris as my boss because you want me to look like you. Thank you, Lord, for all the hardships and all the difficulties that I've gone through. And I, I praise God for a man from hell because he was a gift from God. Guys, I knew when I passed that Morganton Road Bridge, worshiping God, something changed. Something broke. The power of God was released because God, I stopped walking around the mountain because God had accomplished what he was wanting to do in my life. Within a month, the man was out of there. He ended up getting demoted again to another situation. And I just heard yesterday, last week, that he had passed away. But before he died, he had given his life to Christ. Guys, we have to learn how to walk with God, to trust God, even when our circumstances don't match. Now, I'm not telling you like if, if people tell me, Randy, I don't believe that God does miracles. I say, you name a topic, and I will tell you an answer to prayer and a miracle about any topic you can just about talk about. God said, and when God said, you know, when God spoke to Peter, Peter, get out of the boat. He didn't speak to all 12 of the guys. He spoke to Peter. And Peter stepped out in faith. Guys, if you're going to step out in faith, you need to know that God's told you to do so. And then when you do expect, when you do step out, the waves are still rolling. They're still rocking. And sometimes God allows a Chris into your life. Because he's more interested in you looking like Jesus than he is interested in you being successful. But when you get past that test, God says, I will break it. So I want to encourage you as we're going into Thanksgiving. Some of us have some situations right now that we need God to change. 
How many of you might want to ask the question, God, is there something you're wanting to change in me? And then rather than just being sitting there whining and complaining about it, tell God about the problem, but then switch to power of praise and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you even when the mountains don't move and the rivers don't dry up. I will trust you anyway. Amen? <clears throat> so I'm going to close. And you're going, praise God. Amen. Father, we thank you that you're a good God. And Lord, just like uh, that song that they sang that C.C. Winding so sings, the goodness of God. God, you are always faithful. All my life, all the days of my life, I have seen your faithfulness. Lord, some of us are going through situations right now that we can't understand, that we've been holding on to, God, for years and years. God, when are you going to answer my prayer? When are you going to change me? When are you going to heal me? When are you going to change that person? God, when are you going to correct that problem? Father, right now, we just release them, and we choose not to let them destroy our life. And we thank you, God, that you've allowed situations in our life to form Jesus Christ in us so that we might look like you, so that we can be used as the hands and feet of Jesus. So, Lord, today we release the hurt and the pain of our past, and we choose to forgive and release. And we choose right now to serve God and to trust you no matter what. And all God's people said, Amen. I know there are going to be some people down here for prayer. And I know that if you're not walking with the Lord and you need to surrender your life to Jesus, then you need to get on down here and pray with somebody to turn your life over to Jesus. Amen? Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.